With loads of business advice flooding the industry, it has never been harder to see the path to success. And you can't take action if you don't have clarity. Get clear on the actionable tips and strategies that will help to scale your business here on Masters in Clarity, the podcast that brings you clarity around messaging, business growth, digital marketing, personal development, and the business owner's journey to success. Let's join our guide, the master of turning clarity into action and lasting impact, Dolores Hirschman. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you to really connect. And I always call it the clarity journey. And some people are like, well, it wasn't that clear. Tell me about that journey that brought you to this moment, maybe for this second, a little second of clarity. Well, thank you, Dolores. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So it was indeed a long, long journey. My journey of (laughs) clarity and clarity is ever emerging, right? Weave the thread of moments or decisions or circumstances Hmm. that at the end of the day got you to this moment in this interview. I guess I should start from the very beginning, which is that there was something really amiss in my relationship with my mother that through no intent of hers, but left me unsure who I was, what I liked, what I wanted. So it was a long journey for me to even ordering food from a restaurant menu was like a struggle sometimes. So I went along a path where I was competent. So I was good at math. And so I was a a serial student. I studied engineering. I got a master's in statistics. I got a PhD in business with a focus on economic analysis and policy. You know, I could feel that it wasn't fulfilling for me. I mean, it was a very prestigious path, but it wasn't fulfilling. And so sometime in there, I decided... I wanted to change the world and change it, you know, writing these academic papers that five people read or wasn't going to do it. And at some point I decided I was going to change the world with the kids I was going to have. I was going to raise them and to be good people. And then through the ripple effects that would change the world. So that appeased me a little bit. And that's when I had my first child, but I went to the end of that. I finished my PhD and I even got a job teaching and doing research at a business school near me here. But eventually, by the time I had my third child, you know, I'd gone to the end of that path and I was ready to do something else. Now, I'd gotten somewhere in there. I'd gotten into personal therapy for me to help me kind of along my path of self-discovery. That was, you know, it was really not a, a very happy teenager. And that's an important step. You know, today I call myself your happiness guide. It didn't kind of fall in my lap. So it was an earned title. And so, you know, I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. I spent a few years being a scrapbooking consultant, helping people do creative photo albums. And that was, that's a tangent I wasn't expecting. (laughs) No, yes. And a lot of people didn't expect it. Like you did all those degrees for that. But it was actually, you know, the beginning of kind of, it was a little bit entrepreneurial. It was social. It was creative. It actually brought people some happiness to enhance their photographic memory. So looking back, that was kind of the premise of my activities to help people find happiness and fulfillment in their lives. But along the path, I trained as a therapist. I started in 2008 practicing therapy. And then in the last few years, I've been broadening and developing more personal development programs. And I've been trying to, you know, get some visibility. And that's 
how I met you at, at a conference, at an online conference about getting on stages. So that's how I got here. And so happiness, that's a loaded word. Isn't it's supposed to uplift you and bring you into the high vibration. But for many of us, it could be one of those things that is too complex to even wrap our head around it. Let's start with that. What is happiness? It's really up to you to decide what happiness is to you. I can tell you what it is to me or how I think of it. I think of it as each person having their own mix of peace, meaning, and joy. So some people are more into the joy. You know, they like to laugh and joke around and have fun and the place I like to be is when I'm, I feel peaceful. I'm not stressed. I feel like I can handle things, you know, and I have kind of a sense of inner peace, but then also some amount of, of meaning that I'm not just, or, you know, meaning that's also a loaded word, but I mean that I'm working for a goal that has meaning to me. Right. So meaning to me and to the, you know, when I'm talking about helping people that it's meaningful to them too. So that's how in a nutshell, I would say, but it's, also, if I can add one more thing, it's easy to say you're happy when everything's going well, you know, so you're this happy or that happy, and you might want to be happier even when things are going well, but it's when in those circumstances where you don't think happiness <laughs> belongs there that I found in my own journey, the real rewards of my, all my personal work. And so I'm thinking in particular at the end of my parents' lives. So, you know, my mom with who I had the relationship that something was wrong with, if you, if you'll allow me, I'll tell a short story about yeah, how yeah. that ended. So it's about December 15th, 2018. And it's been a really rough year. My mom had cognitive decline. My dad had many surgeries. And the more my dad was in surgery, the more my mom declined rapidly. It was really a dreadful year. And I moved them from Belgium where they were to a retirement home near me. It's been a really tough year and I've invited them over for tea. And my mom doesn't talk anymore at, at this point. Like she's really inside in her own silence. And my dad, who's both exhausted from his surgeries, is also really deeply sad about this. And so I'm asking her, you know, hey, mom, you want some tea? Do you want some sugar in your tea? And my dad's like, Ugh, don't bother. You know, she's not going to answer. I'm like dad, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking to her. So she's answer. I'm just talking to her. Right. But that day, my mom, who wasn't talking, right. So I asked her if she wanted tea. She said, yes. I asked her if she wanted more. She said more. She said yes to something. She said no to something. She said more. And she said a bit, my dad was moved to tears and it was, you know, and then after all that, I sat down across the table from her and I could see that she was looking at me, but she was looking a little bit confused. And so I lifted my glass, you know, these glasses like this. And then she smiled at me. Had I not done my personal work, like this moment would have been totally out of my reach. And I love this, is that the personal work journey, which we all can do in our own way. And I know you are one resource for, for mm -hmm. people and for women specifically, because a lot of people say, well, I've done a lot of therapy and nothing's changed, right? But the reality is that the personal work journey is about expanding our capacity to be in this world. It's about expanding our capacity to, like you said, if I hadn't done my personal work, I wouldn't have noticed 
neither appreciated nor be moved because you were moved by the moment that your mother smiled to you. And not even able to actually be there for that and, you know, be in that moment. You would have missed it. And the other thing you said, which you may not have intended it to say, or I'm just putting things together, is that when you were finding your path, there was a a little bit of emptiness inside and all the PhDs were not cutting it. And you went into the scrapbook project, however you want to call it. And you were saying how in some ways by organizing and arranging memories, which is what a scrapbook and a photo album is, you were reinforcing happiness in your customers and the people that participated. So here's where I'm curious. What is the role of images or photographic memory in the building of our happy like almost like a happiness well. I piece this path kind of backwards because now I'm all about helping people find and experience their true happiness. And in looking back, it seems that that was the beginning of it. But I haven't taken the photo albums in, you know, with me. So it's certainly one avenue. And it's funny that you bring that up because it was the activities I asked people to do when I ran a happiness challenge, like I gave them daily activities and it was around photos. Yeah, I don't have an answer to that, but I personally love my photos. I think if you ask that question, maybe you do too. I do. I mean, I mean, usually the photos we keep are the, is the memories we love. Unless we found some comfort or joy or peace in a memory, even in a difficult situation, we wouldn't keep that photo necessarily, mm-hmm. not properly tucked away in a nice album. It might be somewhere forgotten. So I think in some ways, unconsciously, a photo album will always have happiness inside it because we sure. curated the only the moments that we wanted to preserve. For, I guess, the superficial aspect of happiness, if you want, if you just want to elevate your mood, which I... You know, which is is got which plenty is one of, part of it. It's got you plenty of merit. Yes, I call it superficial. That's not bad, but it's kind of in the moment. It doesn't change anything underneath. You know what I mean? But so to have an envelope of photos that have people you love who you don't see very often, or memories that you like that were happy memories, that's certainly one tool to elevate your mood. Kind of almost instantly is to kind of interact with those images. Yeah, that's a very interesting question. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I love to do with my work is I believe that in this stage of my life and many of the people I work with and my clients, it's all about coming whole and integrating. It's like a moment in our life where we are running businesses where we want impact and fulfillment and personal fulfillment. And so it's all about integrating. And I believe that whether it makes sense or not, every single thing we did in our past life or through our life, not past life, but through our journey, somehow it makes sense, even though it might sound crazy. And Mm -hmm. so I like helping my clients and I always see how can we integrate past experiences to make the work that we do today even richer because it becomes unique. You know, there's not many PhD engineers, data scientists, Gelstadt therapists, happiness coaches who also did photo albums, scrapbooks. Not leaving anything behind allows you to really stand out in the marketplace. So let's talk about, of all the people you could help, 
who do you love and who do you focus on helping and why? I have two answers to that. Actually, when I work with clients in therapy, one-on-one in therapy, I really love to, and actually those are the people who kind of find me. I tend to work with young women who are like in their high twenties or low thirties and who are at the beginning still of their adult life or, you know, early still in their adult life. And I find that that's a really good place They've grown up enough and they have enough maturity that they're able actually to look back to their experiences and to look in and to look at what, to be willing to do the work and to be able to do the work. In the therapy work, that's what I prefer. And then I have a line of also personal development programs. And for those, I enjoy working more with more mature women who are maybe in a similar stage of life to mine. So maybe who have had, you know, some kids who are not all out of the house who, but also who have some flexibility in their time. So, you know, business owners who have some flexibility in their time so that they can really put in the, you know, the time to do, you know, because everybody has got online programs that people can buy, but if they don't do them, it doesn't, it doesn't change anything. So, yeah. So I have a slightly, two slightly different audiences depending on the, kind of work that or favorite audiences, which was your question, I think. And so let me ask you this, because I want to make sure that if anybody's listening and that this resonates, that they, you know, they reach out to you, like, what do I need to be feeling to reach out to you? What do I need to be experiencing to say, okay, Sonia is a perfect person for me? If you're feeling like, you know, there's something missing in your life, like things, you know, on the outside are looking good, but there's a bit of a void. There's a bit of things aren't quite as fulfilling as you would like. Also, if you have relationships that aren't fulfilling, that's like, because I have a very relational approach and and relationships are also some of the biggest determinants of a life well lived, it turns out. (laughs) It turns out. Go figure, right? (laughs) (laughs) Go figure. So, yeah. So just a sense that, you know, you want more from life. So that's the perfect person for my personal development line of work. And then the people who call me for therapy, they have really, you know, something's really nagging at them in a way that's really interfering much more with their life. I mean, it's a question of degree of it's similar things, but they're more intense in the therapy world than in the personal development world world, I think. Yeah. What is a gestalt therapist? What does it say? Yeah, so gestalt therapy, it was founded by I can't remember if he's German or Austrian, uh, Fritz Perls, who was a dissident of psychoanalysis. But if I put it very simply, where psychoanalysis seeks to understand why, Gestalt is all about looking at how things happen and looking at how the experiences And so what I work with people is really my tool in working with, so the the Gestalt therapist tool in working with clients is really what's going on with me. So as I listen to this person, what am I seeing? What am I hearing? What am I imagining? What am I feeling in my body? And that's going to inform me to often just be curious, like really cultivate the curiosity to really get the other person's experience, but also be attentive to the way that they enter contact with me. 
So it's not about doing anything right. It's funny because a lot of people come to me and they're like, they're looking for like a manual for the right decision, the right, the right decision or the other people, they're not behaving right. Or they're, you know, how do I fix them? Yeah. It's not about that, but it's just really the more you can be aware of your own way of being and the impact that that has on the world. And the more you have keys to, to impact that and to change that. So I would say, yeah, it's all about the space in between and looking at the space in between and what happens in there. I love that. I love that. And it sounds like it's more connected with your heart and intuition versus the intellectual logical processing. Absolutely. That, that keeps it up here, but doesn't necessarily integrate it. I mean, we could talk about a lot of books, but let's talk about your book. You have a book. Yeah. So I wrote this book in French and in English. So it's Happiness Now, A Guided Journey. So it's a personal development book. You can get it on Amazon or you can <laughs> ask me for a signed copy. And you know, if you pay for shipping, I'll send it to you. And so it's a personal development book. So you were asking me to describe my book. Yeah. So I take the reader by the hand through a first part that's on mindset. You know, you want more happiness, like what are you looking Why? What's going on that you want that? And it's not always going to be easy because, yeah, the personal development work, you know, sometimes it gets a bit harder before it gets better, right? It's, you have to go look at what's not working and that, you know, a lot of people are in denial of. It's like cleaning a closet, you know, before the closet is nice and clean and organized, it's messy, very messy. That's a great analogy. <laughs> There's an element of pain that I think doesn't come when you're cleaning the closet, but uh, I don't know. My daughter's closet uh, is a pain here. (laughs) I get it. I get it. Anyway, so first part on mindset and then four parts like that are about, so your mindset and then the second part, four chapters. So one about your physical health. So I'm not a doctor and I don't, you know, pretend to be one, but there's like ways to be mindful of your physical health and look at different aspects. So I invite the reader to ponder some questions, your emotional health, your relationships, obviously, and then something around spirituality and meaning. So it's spirituality light, but still kind of the idea that, you know, we're not, I mean, we're in a big world and there, you know, what is there beyond me and beyond us? You know, what's your relationship to that? And then in the third part, there's 23 activities that people can try. You know, there's sometimes as simple as, you know, a breathing exercise or a talk about morning routine or, but there's 23 activities that I suggest to people that they can try so that they can have their own menu of, of things options too. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, I'll definitely put it in the show notes and have people check it out. So, I mean, I really enjoyed our conversation and I love this journey of yours from this science, maybe more exact space of numbers and logic I'm hoping that that will fulfill that kind of little bit of a void and the permission to go from the logic to the heart and to the more, you know, intuitive and feeling side of you to do the work that you're doing. And I'm very lucky that I want to celebrate how lucky the people that you get to work with are, because I think to have someone, I mean, I usually interview people who fell into a journey or who fell into a type of work, but it sounds like you were very intentional in arriving where you are. And I think that's something worth celebrating. 
Yeah, I was certainly intentional about, you know, finding the light, finding something. And then, but the further I got into my journey, then at some point it became really rewarding, right? To, yeah. It didn't start off that way right away. But so now I'm, yeah, all about the journey and I'm available to explore your journey, you know, and the, the people who might want to explore your journey. And I, yeah, I can, awesome. I can listen awesome. to it all. Well, anything else you would like to add as we wrap up today? Yes. Well, I would love to put in your show notes also a freebie that I have that's the five things in the way of your true happiness. Okay. So people want to download that and enjoy some of the... What is the URL for that? So we can say it out loud. We also will put in the show notes. Um, My website is udokima.com. So that's E-U-D-O-K-I-M-A.com and then forward slash E-N. Otherwise it'll be... I mean, the other side's in so. Yeah. One of the things that I ask as we finish is, because, you know, we're all about clarity and action, right? And Masters in Clarity. What is one action that you want to invite our listeners to take as we wrap up this episode? In true personal development form, I'd like your listeners to think about the relationships that are important to them, most important to them. And then see which ones are, you know, working well in the way they want and really enjoy that. And then the ones that not working as well as they would like, I'd like them to look inside themselves and see something that they could do. So maybe they need to ask for something. Maybe they need to apologize for something. Maybe they need to suggest something new, but just look inside themselves, something that they could do. Because, you know, I really believe happiness, it's an inside job and you can get others to help. But if you don't take responsibility for your own happiness, it ain't going to happen. It would have been so easy for me to say, you know, I'm unhappy because of my mom. But you know what? If I do that, then I'm stuck being unhappy. So you have no control on that. Well, thank you so much, Sonia, for your time and for showing up for our listeners today. And we will put your free resource in the show notes and also the book and where you can get it. And thank you so much for making time today. Thank you, Dolores. Thank you for listening to this episode of Masters in Clarity. If you loved today's show, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Share this episode with two people in your world. And as a gift, go to mastersinclarity.com slash free to download free clarity resources. Join your host, Dolores Hirschman, next time to continue forging a clear path to your impactful success.